0: I apologize to the scripture readers for giving them only one verse today, to walk all the way up just to read the one verse. But I've got to tell you, Zephaniah 3.17 has been, has long been one of my favorite verses uh, in the Hebrew Bible. It has always been, or for a long time, has been uh, one of my absolute favorites. I have to be honest, I don't remember The first time I read Zephaniah 3.17, I do know that when I was 17 years old, I read through the entire Bible, so I assume I read it then, but I don't remember it. And at that point in my life, I was a King James Version only guy. So I assume the first time I read the passage, Zephaniah 3.17, I read it like this. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing." Now I may have just skipped over it as I read it, but I didn't catch it. It didn't impact me then, but it would later. The very first time I preached on Zephaniah 3.17 was May 26, 1991. It was my 445th sermon that I had preached. The sermon was entitled "A God Who Sings," and I decided to preach the sermon shortly after I was reintroduced to this verse, and was just blown away by it. In the early 1990s, I was using the New International Version of the Bible generally, and was simply overwhelmed as I read these words. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. He will rejoice over you with singing. I was smitten by the last part of that verse. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will what? Rejoice over you with singing. That line, rejoice over you with singing, painted a very specific picture for me at that point in my life, and I just fell in love with the verse. In 1991, I was the parent of young children. Luke was nine and Caleb was five. Part of the routine for me was spending time with them as they were getting ready for bed. Often I would sit on the side of their bed, stroking their heads, telling them stories, and singing them songs. I have a ridiculous singing voice, but they didn't mind it then. Later they would ask me just to be quiet and drive as the rest of the family had sing-alongs in the car. But when they were little bits, They liked and giggled at my singing. Often after they were asleep, I would linger, just staring at them and quietly singing over them. And that is what I heard when I read Zephaniah 3.17. God, like a loving parent, watches over us and holds us tight and sings lullabies to us. That's the image that I have from that uh, part of Zephaniah 3.17, and that always just meant so much to me. It took me to a whole new level of understanding the nature of God, God's intense and immense love for me, God's kindness to me, the joy God takes in me being me, God's graciousness towards me. That's what I hear when I hear that second part of Zephaniah 3.17. And that is how I have understood that passage for years, three decades, (sighs) until just a few weeks ago. As you may or may not know, I plan my yearly sermon schedule um, ahead and get it into the hands of Brad and Marilyn and Mary and Linda well before the year begins. They already have my 2020 preaching schedule. I set up my sermon so that I'm in the Gospels from the New Year to Easter, and then I use the lectionary from Easter to Advent. A few weeks ago, Brad, I don't know if it was you or if it was Mary, I can't remember, emailed me to say that I didn't have a sermon listed for September 29th. And sure enough, I looked at my list and I had neglected to list September 29th in my 2019 schedule. And rather than looked up the prescribed passage in the lectionary, I simply decided to go with Zephaniah 317. It's an old standby for me and I love it so much and I haven't worked with it for a while so I thought it'd be fun. But as I started working with the verse I was greatly surprised by the renderings of the words, well one word in the New Revised Standard Version which is the version we use here in the sanctuary. and I use it a lot but I also use the Common English Bible but it was in the New Revised Standard Version that I read these words. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives great victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness, and He will renew you in His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Exult over you with loud singing is very different, in my opinion, from he will rejoice over you with singing. The word loud completely changes the meaning for me because for me, the image has always been the God who leans over as we sleep and sings to us. That's not loud singing. But in this verse, as it's in the New Revised Standard Version, it is exult over you with loud singing. God is no longer looking over a child's bed singing lullabies to the beloved. All of a sudden, God is loud and unruly singing to us at the top of God's lungs. And I was confused. Why is this happening to me right now? Why is this verse changing the way I think about this? Why is it translated loud singing? Now, I'm not great at Hebrew, it's not my language, but I did a little work and came to the verb the writer uses in Zephaniah 3.17, and that word is ranan. Elsewhere in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, ranan is translated as, these are other places in the Hebrew Old Testament, translated as, ringing cry, sing loudly, To shout to sing super joyfully, to be loud. Hmm. That's very different than singing lullabies over children. When I grew up, where I grew up in a Midwest small town, high school graduation ceremonies were big events. They were always held in the school gym. And the gym was always packed on a Sunday afternoon at about 2 o'clock. And it was always hot because it was the beginning of June. Uh, Sweat through your shirt, hot. And pretty miserable. But high school graduations in the towns that I grew up in were kind of solemn affairs, with lots of decorum, with restrained behaviors, with prayers and choirs, a community speaker, often a preacher. And when it came time to hand out diplomas, the audience was encouraged multiple times to refrain from applause until all the students received their diplomas. And for the most part, those, um, those commands were obeyed. A few families would whoop and holler when their kids' names were called, but generally, people were Midwestern polite. I've had the privilege of attending two or three graduation ceremonies every year since I moved here, and I can say that generally, they are not quaint, quiet, reserved ceremonies. There is sometimes nonstop whooping and hollering and singing and dancing in the aisles. It is an amazing event in some schools in the area. The sense of celebration is profound and a bit exhausting, but it is something to behold. Renan, a singing shout, of celebration. And what I realize about graduation ceremonies, whether they're in the small towns where I grew up or whether they're in the city in St. Louis, both of those expressions are valid expressions of celebration. One is quiet and refrained, the other is loud and boisterous, but they both do the same thing. They celebrate love for the kids and for their accomplishment. Here is the thing that I realize. Parents sweetly sing lullaby to their kids at bedtimes and the same parents also shout and scream encouragement at their kids' gymnastic meets. My introduction to the word and the idea of Renan has helped me understand God as parent and guardian perhaps in a more profound way. God is that loving parent who rejoices over God's children, shushing them with lullabies. God is also, as loving parent, the one who cheers us on loudly as we journey on in this life. Music fills the air as God sings over us and to us and with us in all circumstances. In the joys of life, God celebrates with us, like the parent who has held her breath while her child played his piece at the piano recital and exhales in celebration when the last note is played and then hums the tune, much to her son's annoyance, all the way home. In the heartaches of life, God comes alongside us As the parent who leaves the stands and rushes to the track to help their child who has fallen and sprained an ankle. Helping her up and putting an arm around her, they slowly move to the finish line together while chariots of fire is blasting over the loudspeaker. In the journey of life, God is by our side just as the parent who sits down with his son and sings out, Queens, we are the champions, as as her son opens his You Are Accepted letter from his first choice university. In the frustrations, God is like the parent who after his daughter misspells the last word at the spelling bee, takes her for ice cream and plays all the Taylor Swift songs that are on the retro jukebox. Or the mom who embraces her son after he is cut from the basketball team and reminds him about how Michael was cut as a freshman as well. She can't help herself as she quietly sings, I get knocked down, but I get up again. And before long, he is singing as well. God, like a parent, is unbelievably loud as her child is broken away from the pack and she moves down the pitch toward the open goal. The one word in this song is goal. God sings over you. In loving comfort and in exhilarating encouragement, know that wherever you are, whatever you are doing, however it is going, God is present, singing over you just what you need to hear. Amen.